Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, a Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will join the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. As many of you are listening one after the other in the episodes, I want you to know you're on episode 157. And if you have arrived here, you are caught up. As of today, you are. <laughs> unless, anyway. you, unless you start it here, then you've got a lot <laughs> yeah. of listening to do. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But anyway, so as you listen, just uh, make sure you get the word out, Facebook, Twitter, uh, let people know, text them, whatever it takes in your small group, church. And uh, it's just been a blessing to know yeah. uh, more and more people are listening and being a part of what we're doing here at Connecting Faith. And if Life. you are listening today, we're not here, Pops. Yeah, we are in Orlando, Florida. And we're not in Disney World, just we're in case anybody's in wondering. World. No, no, we are We are leading a conference in Orlando this week. And so this episode is pre-recorded if you're listening on the day of release. And so I hope Orlando's nice. Yeah, it's supposed to be raining every day, it looks like. Is it? But we'll see. I, I think it rains every day in Orlando anyway, so... Yeah, we, we went to Orlando together, pops. We did. What, about four or five years ago, me and you. And that was actually a good Logan trip. I have, that, that I have was fun. good memories of that. Yeah, trip. I'm glad you have good memories of that trip. I have okay memories of that. You, trip. Yeah, because I was in your room and I snored the entire time. <laughs> you so. did snore uh, yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, I'm sure I did. That's all right. We survived. You, you told me I did. <laughs> You're trying to make me feel good. I said, really? Yeah, we went down there for a, a, a church leader conference right there next to Disney World. Mm-hmm. So I've been, in that conference we went to, I've been to a couple of times. It's a lot of fun, uh, but I've never been to Disney World, but to the conference by Disney World, but never to Disney World. You've been to Disney World, haven't you? Yes, too many times. You like it? Not anymore. You know, we have a lot of Disney fans in our church. We do, and, I, and I'm glad they like it. It's just not, I, it's supposed to be the happiest place on earth, and everywhere I've gone. It's the most expensive place on earth. Yeah, it's definitely that. I see kids screaming and hollering, <laughs> crying and flopping on the floor, and, you know. Who is it really happy for? The only people it's happy for are the owners of Disney, because they're making a lot of bank off of us They're making there. bank. They are making Man. bank big time. And not just getting in, it's all the food you buy and the clothes yeah, you wear. I remember and we the, went and ate. Uh, while we were there, we went to Disney Springs. That was as close as I got to Disney World was Disney Springs, which was kind of an interesting place. Yeah. And we ate at one of those restaurants there. We had like a hamburger and fries. It was like $114. It was something ridiculous, <laughs> It man. was crazy expensive. It was. I mean, it's 45, seriously, it was $45 for hamburger and fries. Yeah, I, think but I, know, I remember it being that. just very expensive. Like, I mean, I could have, this is not five guys. Yeah, but you did introduce us to Pollo Chicken or something. Pollo Chicken. That's a place right there in Orlando that's not at Disney if, World. If it's open, we know last time we were in Orlando, it wasn't open, but if it's open, we're, I'm going. Ah, that is yeah, good food. I, yeah, I, I told everybody, I mean, Randy and, and Logan, I don't think liked it as much oh, as I do, but man, it's like you can, get, it's you, can big, you can get big old, ch- it's Caribbean chicken. Yeah, it's really good. You can get rice and all kinds of stuff with it and you get a half a chicken for like two bucks or something. I don't know, inflation now is probably $45, but back in the day, four or five <laughs> years ago, I mean, it was a very inexpensive <laughs> meal in Orlando. It really was. You yeah. get up like a whole plate for less than $5. Yeah, so it, was, it was really good. Yeah, so fun time. So we are in Orlando if you're listening today and be praying for us while we're there in Orlando and yeah, we'll see how the happiest place on earth treats us. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how it all goes. We're yeah. staying at the Buena Vista, something or other. So something like that. Anyway. So it sounds very Disney. I don't know if it is. Yeah. Or not, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right, pastor. Well, we are talking about probably one of the greatest dangers that the internet presents to us. Several and, dangers actually we're talking about today. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we are talking about how we, deal with these things that are yeah. very, very critical when it comes to um, uh, 
the internet. Yeah. And, and it's one of those things, and you and I have had this conversation multiple times about accessibility and other things that mm-hmm. we just don't have and we had didn't have in the past. Yeah. So uh, we're going to talk about some of these dangers and how we do that. So yeah. uh, let's uh, begin yeah, the conversation so we, yeah, yeah, as so difficult we, as it yeah, is. Yeah, we, we have spent a couple of episodes now talking about this digital world, some commitments we can make mm-hmm. to live in this digital world well. The last time we were together, we talked about some distractions of the digital yeah. world and how to overcome those distractions. But now we don't want to talk about distractions. We're talking about dangers. Yes. There, there, there are some very dangerous places in the digital world, and there's some very dangerous things that can happen mm-hmm. uh, to us in the digital world. And there are some certainly some dangerous things that can take place in the digital world that completely derail our walk with Christ, but not only derail our walk with Christ, uh, derail our marriages and derail our families yeah. and our relationships. I mean, uh, it, it's amazing some of the dangers that, that present themselves in the digital world. And so, and so if you're listening to this episode, uh, you might have already fallen into some of these dangerous places in the digital world and we want to help you out. Yeah. Uh, and if you have not yet fallen in, uh, these dangerous places in the digital world, we want to help you to avoid falling mm-hmm. into these dangerous places. And, and if you are listening, I, I do want you to know, um, that one, uh, there is hope for you. If you yes, find yourself is. in one of these dangerous places, there really is hope. And we want to help you to get out of that dangerous place. And two, this episode might be a little bit different. And I would suggest that, that if you usually listen to these podcasts with your family, with your children, uh, this one, you might want to wait and listen and then decide if you want to listen to this with your children, because there might be some things in here that are a little bit more PG ish, maybe even PG 13 ish as we talk about some of these dangers. But, but I think this is, is important for us to kind of think through and talk about, um, and, 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 and we're going to be looking at, as, I, as we talk through these things, just to kind of help you feel the weight of, of this, uh, I'm going to be giving you a lot of statistics. We don't usually do that. We just usually kind of talk and, and work through these things. But I, I want you to hear these statistics. I think these statistics will yeah. put in perspective uh, some of these dangers. And, and then we'll, after we work through some of these statistics, we'll um, maybe hopefully provide you with some helpful um helpful conversation that will give you some hope in the midst of these dangers. I think there's two two words there. We want to give you help. We want you to have hope. Yep, absolutely. For both of these things. Uh, for we always what want we you to have help about. and hope. Absolutely. All right, well, let's get... So, we, yeah, we can talk yeah. about four areas of danger. Yeah. And and then then after we talk about these four areas of danger, then we'll talk about some helpful suggestions. Okay, very good. All right, here's the first danger is that unfiltered access leads to loss of identity. What yeah, do you mean by that? Yeah, let me explain by that before yeah. we actually get into some of these more specific dangers. Let me sure. explain that. So, we're talking about unfiltered access to the digital world. What I mean by that is, is no holds barred. Right, that that you're making a decision that man, it's all there, and I'm going to take advantage of everything that is there. Right, whether that's social media, whether it's various websites, whether it's you know, uh, whatever digital uh, platform is out there, I want to uh, take part of it. Metaverse, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Uh, So unfiltered access leads to loss of identity. We talked about this a little bit in our last episode, and I just want to hit on it again. Sure. You can spend so much time in the digital world, whether it's it's in the metaverse, whether it's on social media, whether it's on internet access, that you just don't know who you are anymore. Mm, Man. Because your identity becomes wrapped up In in who you are online. Yeah who you are as you present yourself on Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat or whatever the, the, the platform is, uh, your identity in this 
persona that you have created uh, that that you like better than the actual persona that God has given you or whatever the case may be. And so it is very easy in a digital world. And I think this is the danger. It's very easy uh, to lose your identity. Mm -hmm. And when you lose your identity, that leads to all kinds of problems that 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 then you begin the struggles with anxiety. You begin the struggles with depression. You begin the struggles with 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 other uh, uh, mental uh, type issues. And so so just understand that the way that the digital world works is that it can be so consuming that you actually lose yourself in it. Mm-hmm. And that's a dangerous place to be. I don't know if you've ever watched. I watched pieces, parts of the show called Catfish or Catfishing or something like that, where they actually. Is it British? Because you like the British stuff. No, this British is, catfishing. <laughs> this is an MTV thing. <laughs> and and what they do is, is they. So wait, 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 wait. Stop, sure. stop, 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 stop. So, so. The things that you watch, you watch British TV. I do not watch this. This is MTV. stuff I've seen clips of. But, but <laughs> I didn't know there was MTV anymore. So MTV still exists? I guess. So Pops is I the one even, watching I don't have, TV. I don't even have cable TV. So. <laughs> okay, go ahead. But my point is, is that what they do is they develop What's a persona. Catfishing? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, That's what I'm telling you. They okay. do develop a persona. <laughs> okay. And then they, you know, try to date you, quote unquote, uh, online. And then they find out that this is not the girl or not the yeah, guy at all yeah. that they had been talking yeah, to yeah, online, yeah. not the same person, not the same race, not the same uh, body size, not the anything. It's all a, a made up persona. Yeah. Yeah. And they, the yeah. whole point is that they never want to meet that other That's person right. that they're That's right. uh, That's fooling right. or distract or uh, deceiving. Yeah. And what, what MTV does or whatever the show is, they go and find this person and see if it is the person. Mm, interesting. So that's, interesting. I guess that's the type of thing yeah, you're yeah. talking Sometimes about. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes losing identity, so creating yeah, yeah. identity. And, and just, you know, the, for us as followers of Jesus, it's remembering that Christ has given you an identity. He, he has he has told you who you are. Amen. You are his child, right? right? Made in his image for his glory, called by him to serve him. He has given you an identity. You don't need to create a new one. You don't need to lose the identity he's given. You need to live out the identity that Christ has given you in his gospel through his death and resurrection. And so, so just be careful that I think that's the danger of this digital world mm-hmm. is that you can, if you're not careful, get so consumed by a digital world that you lose your identity. And, and so, you know, I'm really concerned about this when it comes to like our, our, our teenagers and our children yeah. uh, that, that have grown up in this digital world. You and I, Trey, we did not. Right. And right. I mean, no, I didn't. Uh, when, when I was coming up, we were just, I mean, I, I, I didn't have any type of internet experience until I was in high school. Um, Finished seminary. I, yeah, I don't doubt that, Pops. Uh, but, but, <laughs> but but it wasn't my childhood. Yeah. Now now you know um, kids are being exposed to the internet earlier and earlier. I mean, my, my, my boy's going to third grade, my youngest son going to third grade. He has to have a Chromebook next year. I'm like, yeah. What's, what do you need a Chromebook for? But that's the way they do it. I mean, yeah. so it's just a different world. And just understand that that you can lose your identity in and, this. And it's our responsibility world. as parents, I believe, to, to keep them from that. We'll talk about that as we go forward, but absolutely. Yes, sir. Yes, All sir. right. Number two danger. Second danger is this. Unfiltered access leads to an addictive lifestyle. Yeah. Now here's where we get into the statistics. Okay. Yeah. So I think this is going to help us think through this. So you can lose your identity in this digital world and you can just outright become addicted to the, mm. to the digital world. Now I, I know we might all have different ideas of what addiction looks like, but you think about addiction when you are addicted to something is something you cannot do without. You feel like life cannot go on mm-hmm. if I don't have this, right? right? Whatever right. that might be, whether it's a substance abuse issue, whether it's something else, uh, you, you just don't feel like you can go on unless you can get that next fix of yeah. that thing that you have to have. And so for some, I mean, there really is this addiction to the digital world. 
And, and so in fact, it, it is most prevalent among our younger people. So this is an interesting t- statistic. 40% of young adults ages 18 to 22 feel mm. addicted. 40% say, yep, I'm addicted. Gracious. I'm there. That's wild. I can't even. Yeah, so so it's just over the you know this whole world, uh, there are two two million two hundred ten million people who actually suffer uh, from a diagnosed addiction to the digital world. That's wild. Addicted cannot do without it. Um, so so think about this. Think about this. Social media sees some teenagers spending more than seven hours a day oh. logged in. Can you imagine? There are there are some teenagers. And I'm sure some adults too, but just based off this study that was focusing in on teenagers that spend seven hours a day logged into whatever it might be, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, Facebook, whatever they're, they're using, seven hours a day. And think about this, 53% of children own a smartphone by the time that they're 11 years old, 11 years old. How do they get those phones? Well, I guess mom and dad buy it. And, and listen, if you're, if you're listening, if you're listening today and, and you have bought or your grandma or grandpa, grandma or grandpa, if you've yeah. bought your child a smartphone, I mean, that, 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 that's your decision to buy your child a smartphone. And I get that. And I'm not knocking that decision at all. Uh, but, but what we are hoping is I want you to hope, I hope that you understand that, that if you've bought your child a smartphone, you've put a device in their hands that can be highly addictive. And so you need to consider the ramifications of that and how to set those proper boundaries. And I understand uh, for, for different reasons, people buy their children a smartphone. Maybe it's for emergency reasons, or I get all that. I understand that, whatever the case may be. But just understand what you're dealing with, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've made a decision in our house just not to. I mean, my, my oldest son, he'll, he'll be 12 in October. He's begging for a digital device. I'm like, bro, it, ain't, it, ain't, it just ain't gonna happen. I'm, I'm sorry, you can you can throw stuff at me. You can yell at me. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I really don't care. It's just not gonna happen. Uh, and so, 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 you know, when we have not, set an age. We haven't said by this point or that we were saying is right now it's not happening. Yeah. Uh, I don't see that happening anytime soon in the next several years. Maybe when he gets out of the house, he can buy his own. I don't know. But you know, but 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 we because because here's for me, Dre, here's here's reality is that, you know, um being in ministry like we are, uh we we see the ramifications of this all we the do. time. Of, we do of people addicted to what we'll get to later, pornography on the phone or the case may be. And so because I've I've seen the 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 horror stories that come out of this, it makes me real reticent to want to give my children any kind of access to a digital device without just a lot of supervision. So anyway, but just but just know that. Now listen to this. For those teenagers, because this study was aimed at teenagers, for those teenagers that spend five to seven hours a day on their smartphones, engaged in some kind of of living in the digital world, uh, they are um, twice as likely uh, to experience symptoms of depression uh, over children that aren't involved in that for that length of time. So think about it, right? That that just by putting that device in our kids' hands and letting them spend unfiltered time on it, uh, they're more likely to be depressed. And you can understand why, just kind of the things they see and how they maybe experience some cyberbullying or the case may be, but but that's the reality. Um, for, for a lot of young adults, 34% of young adults in a survey said that not being on social media causes them to feel FOMO. You know what FOMO is, Pops? I was just looking at that acrostic. You know what I FOMO no is? Come no. on, Pops. That's okay. Fear of missing out. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so they feel it. That's the draw. I want to see what's going on in my friends' lives, right? I, I don't want to miss a thing. I don't want to miss uh, what they're going through. Um, some, and think about this. I, I didn't re- realize this, but I thought this was interesting. Young single females are most addicted to social media. I don't know why that is. The state didn't say why. They didn't have a reason. But young, but but think about that. Young single females most likely 
are, are, are the ones that are most addicted to, to social media, but that's putting them in a dangerous place. Oh, very dangerous. Because the internet is a place where predators thrive, you know? Mm-hmm. And so just kind of thinking through that, um, 40% of young adults complain their sleep has been affected by social media. I can imagine that. I can imagine sure. that too, right? You stay up way too late looking at the stuff or you've got your notifications all mm-hmm. something pings on Facebook at two o'clock in the morning, you wake up to check it. You can understand that. Social media is a growing cause of divorce in marriages. What? You can understand that too, because what might happen is if you're, if you're, you're if you're that husband and, and you that, need that to get ex, off social media, well, you might need to, but that ex-girlfriend, <laughs> right. From, from, from college sends you a friend request and all of a sudden, uh, you know, something, you know, you go down a road, you shouldn't go. And so social media is becoming more of an issue within marriages because husbands or wives are just making very poor choices mm-hmm. with their social media. Mm-hmm. Um, Teens who are who use social media over five hours a day, according to one study, are at a higher risk of suicide, which would make sense because uh, they're more prone to depression because yeah. of their interaction on social media. So they're also more prone to, to or higher risk at suicide. And so I give you those stats just to help you understand that unfiltered access to the digital world, it can lead to an addictive lifestyle. Mm. All right, that's that's the danger. I'm just giving you the dangers. I'm giving you the stats, giving you the dangers. Again, you you have to decide how you're going to handle these things and what you're going to do. But but that danger is certainly there. Or okay. think about this. All right. Yeah. The next one, unfiltered access leads to sinful sexual exposure and activity. Yeah. Now this is where we got to do some talking. Okay. Because Let's this is it. where we get into the issue of pornography, mm-hmm. and not only pornography, but but anything else you can think of that's sexually related mm-hmm. through the digital world. It is per evasive. And, and, and so you think about it. Um, and I, I took a lot of these stats from a website called Covenant Eyes. Covenant Eyes is um, a website that offers internet filtering services. Actually, um, we used Covenant Eyes for years. Um, but, but, but anyway, um, what, what Covenant Eyes did is they actually pulled statistics from lots of different major uh, studies mm-hmm. and compiled them in one place. And you can actually go to their website, covenanteyes.com, I think it is. And you can print this out. It's like a uh, a statistic book and it's, it's like 50 pages. Wow. I, I obviously I'm not going to go over all 50 pages. I just want to give you some of the highlights that I saw, but it's a really fascinating read. And I'll, I say fascinating. What it really is a heartbreaking read as you consider just how pervasive this issue is. Um, so think about this, what they say, and, and these, these, these statistics are across the board dealing with young people, teenagers, young adults, older adults all across the board, but just, let me give you some of them. 90% of teens and 90% 6% of young adults, listen to this, are either encouraging, accepting, or neutral when they talk about porn with their friends. So in other words, 90% of teenagers, 96% of young adults think what? No big deal. No big deal at all. Or great, tell me where to go. Right. You know. Or at least with their friends, they're not willing to admit it's yeah. a big deal. Yeah, yeah. They just treat it as just a normal part of life. One of the one of the lines that uh, teenagers are saying more and more students is you be you. Yeah. And I, I think that's the neutral yeah. part of it. Yeah. Eh, you know, that's not for me, but But oh what God. that does, yeah. it just goes to show us how acceptable yeah. pornography has become in our culture. Or think about then this one is absolutely heartbreaking. Several studies have reported that the average age of first exposure to internet pornography is 11 years old. 11. Now, we, we already said that um, 50-something percent of parents give their child a smartphone by time they're 11. So it makes sense it makes, then. It makes you that see those numbers tying together. But, but, but you know, the, Pops, my, my oldest son is 11 years yeah. old. That breaks my heart. 
I do not want him to be exposed to pornography at all, much less at 11 years old. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so just, just recognize that, that um, it's happening. Um, there was one study that said 68% of men view pornography, pornography at least once per week. 68% of men view pornography at least once per week. Now, women view pornography as well, but the stats are lower. This is, this is an issue for both men and women, obviously, uh, but, but men seem to struggle with this issue a bit more. And so 68%, that means, that means you think about uh, people you work with, people you know, people you care about. There, there's a lot of them that are regularly uh, viewing pornography on the internet. Uh, in, so, in sociology circles and psychology circles, when you get these numbers, when you're getting a 90 percentile or a 96 percentile, so you're basically saying 10 to 4 percent of people aren't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Whatever that means. They're now saying this has become the norm. The norm. So when, let's say that uh, your child is having an issue, you bring them to a psychologist, they're going to say, yeah, they all do it. Yeah. There yeah. is, they're not going to help. You know, as Christians, we don't think well, we that at see all. That. We see that. that We see that not just only the normalization of pornography, but the normalization of, of sexuality uh, that is, for us as Christians, what we believe would be outside of God's standard for sexuality. Yeah. Right? It's just normal. Whether it's LGBTQIA plus lifestyle, whether it's pornography, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, just sleeping around with whoever you want to, all yeah. that stuff's just become normal. It's just a part of life. And what you do you, do you you'd be what you want to be as long as you're not hurting anybody else. And, and, and so you think about just how... Um, Morality in our culture has declined precipitously over the last 50 years. Uh, it, it just has, right? And, and the internet is not helping us. It is a dangerous place because the internet is a prime place where people are learning about sexuality and all those kinds of things. Or think about this. And this is, again, this was a study done among high school students. Mm. High school students. 66% of young men high school age and 48% of young women said viewing pornographic material is an acceptable way to express one's sexuality. So you think about a young age, just embracing it, right? Mm -hmm. And of those um, uh, high school students that were surveyed, 21.3% of those young men said they viewed pornography every single day, daily, right? And, 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 and Barna, which is a, a wonderful research agency that's geared more towards um, Christian research, uh, said that in one of their surveys that 63% of men looked at pornography at least once in the last month while at work. Wow. On the job. I don't know what that looks like or what, you know, how that happens, but while, while they're on their job, taking a pornography break, if you will. Yeah, that's heartbreaking. In that same study, it said um, 38% more than once. So, so 63% once over the given month, 38 more than once over a given month, and 36% of women on the job have looked at pornography on the job during the last month. I do want to say this sounds like it ties into the distractions uh, yeah. uh, discussion we had last week yeah. because I th that's probably a big part of it. They're, yeah. they're, you know, want to be distracted from work. So they're. Yeah, absolutely. Going places where they shouldn't thing, go. Yeah. Absolutely. Now let me, let me move forward. forward. Sure. So we think about pornography being a, a problem among, you know, people in this world, but it, it is a problem among people within the church, right? And I can mm. tell you that's just, just from anecdotal experience that, that I have spent a lot of time talking with men and women who've, who, you know, are having issues in their marriage because pornography is at the root of those issues yeah. or the case may be it's, it's pervasive, but it's even uh, pervasive among church leaders. Mm. And, and this is heartbreaking. And, and, uh, several studies over the years have, have shown us things like this. Uh, one in five youth pastors and one 
in seven senior pastors view porn on a regular basis. Ooh. So more than 50,000 church leaders across the United States are viewing pornography on a regular basis. Is that from Barna as well? Yes, that one was from okay. Barna. Wow. 43% of senior pastors and youth pastors say they have struggled with pornography in the past. This is church leaders. Yeah. And you, 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 and, and, and the reality is, you know, for many of us who maybe keep up with what goes on in the church world, we have increasingly read stories of moral failures mm. uh, that maybe a pastor, you know, got caught in an affair or whatever the case may be. And yeah. Those things are horrible. But, but there are hundreds and hundreds and thousands of stories that we don't hear yeah. about men who are struggling sexually while they're serving in ministry. Mm. And it might be that affair or it might be just that addiction to yeah, pornography. Yeah, definitely. Or you think about this, um, 60% of all divorces, of all divorces involve one party <sighs> having an excessive interest in pornographic websites. Oh my heavens. It's a dark place. So you think about the digital world, you think about this device in your hand, you think about this device that we're giving to our children and teenagers. This is where a lot of people are going with it. They're, they're forming addictive lifestyles. They're losing their identity. Uh, they are going into a sexually explicit world that's no holes bars, and they're looking at that sexually explicit stuff uh, just whenever they want. It's, it's heartbreaking, right? And All right. You think about that? Yeah, we got to yeah. move. Yeah, so go it's ahead. also this last one, the, this dangerous place is it's just unfiltered access leads to dangerous the, to to dangerous relationships. Now we're not going to spend much time here, but the reality is is that that uh, there is a lot of cyber bullying that goes on yeah. with the internet as well. I mean, and when I talked to my my brother's a, a middle school teacher, I think a few weeks ago I mentioned this. He's a middle school middle school teacher, and you know, and he's mentioned, hey, this is a big deal. This is one of the things that as a teacher they're just constantly monitoring and worried about. Yeah. Because you know, when, when we were growing up. Tech, uh, Trey, there certainly was bullying in school, but that bullying was reserved to what? It was reserved to being at school while you were on the playground yeah, or while yeah. you were in class or maybe on the you bus get home, ride home. You get, home. You get home, it's done, right? But now you've got these teenagers on Instagram or where the case may be, um, and, and they're just constantly going at each other. And it's usually based over when they make comments, it's usually over somebody's appearance, right? They're bullying over somebody's appearance for whatever reason. Uh, and, and so just some of the statistics real quickly. Um, uh, where, oh, where did it go? Um, this is the number one concern. Yeah, school teachers report that cyberbullying is their number one safety concern in the classroom. Another statistic was that Instagram is the app most commonly used for cyberbullying. I know that that for for most who are in that that Gen Z, that Instagram is the app of choice. It seems I think that's the one that and TikTok are the ones they favor the most. Uh, well, that Instagram app it is the one that's being most used for cyberbullying. And so just being aware of that as a parent. Um, 73% of students feel like at some point they have been cyberbullied. So most students, they feel like at some point they have been cyberbullied by somebody else. Um, 70% of teens report that someone has spread rumors about them online. 75% of adults say they have witnessed cyberbullying. Now watch this, but only 7% of parents are concerned about cyberbullying at school. Mm. It's a big deal. That there are students that are struggling you know, think about just the pivotal years of being a student and you're trying to, to figure out who you are. You're trying to build relationships and all those things. And then you have this, this cyberbullying that you have to worry about that, that people can at any other students at any time can just say anything about you. They want and spread it. Mm -hmm. That was not an issue that we grew up with, but for today's culture, these, these students that are, are, are Gen Z, this is what they're struggling with on a regular basis. This is a dark place. 
So, so I, we, again, when we talk about, you know, the digital world, we've already talked about, man, the digital world isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just a thing, right? And all things are either, we can use them for good or we can use them for, for, for evil, yeah. right? And so we've seen how the digital world has been used for much good, but there's also much evil that lurks in the digital world. And it's, 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 it's a place where you can be consumed, lose your identity and become addicted. It's a place where pornography and sexual sin prevails. It is a place where people are mistreated uh, severely. This is a dangerous place. And just understanding that, that especially as a parent, when we allow our children to have access to this world, we're giving them access to a dangerous place. And so because of that, let me just give me a few things that we can yeah, do. Yeah, what can we do? This is just the time we have left. One, if you find yourself in one of these danger zones, reach out for help. Please. Yeah. Please. So if you're in a church like Northwood, we want to help you. Yes. I mean, whatever, if it's a, an addiction to pornography, if it's just an addiction to the digital world in general, if it's cyberbullying, man, we'll, we'll help you the best we can. We, we, you know, we might not have every resource available, but we, we can point you into the right direction. Yeah. If we can't help you, we can certainly point you into the right direction for Definitely. help. But, yeah. but part of coming out of these danger zones is just admitting that need for help. And mm-hmm. so not being afraid to reach out because the longer that you wait to reach out is probably the longer you're going to stay in that danger zone and the longer you're going to see just the the lasting and bad consequences that come from being in that dangerous place. And so please, 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 if you find yourself in this place, reach out. Amen. Now, what else? if you are a parent and you're listening, here's, here's, here's a bit of advice, right? And, uh, and listen, I'm, I'm learning uh, as a parent. I've got a long way to go as a parent, but let me just help you. If you are a parent, don't be afraid to be a parent. Wow, it's a tough sell, but you got to. I mean, be that that, way. that that is the role that God has given you. The role that God That's has right. given you is a is a role to to shepherd your children, to point them in the right direction, to set boundaries, and all those kind of things. And so, what that means is, parents, you have to be willing to have the tough talks. Mm-hmm. If you're if on average a child's first exposure to pornography is 11 years old, you have to have that tough talk before they're 11. before they're 11, way before they're 11. You have to talk about what, what's appropriate to look Amen. at and what's not appropriate to look at. We have to define pornography for them and all those kind of things, right? Because it's there. It's there. And so just being able to have those tough conversations about sexuality, about bullying, about whatever the case may be, as a parent, be involved in the lives of your children. Amen. Don't pretend like this Amen. stuff doesn't happen because it is happening. Mm-hmm. And it might be you're a parent listening and you've seen this happen. You know it. And, then, and, and again, you might need some extra help. Reach out to us. We'd love to point you in a direction and give you some extra help. Um, I, I will say this. Just because your child says to you, well, you can trust me. I can't trust me. <laughs> Why am I going to trust you? Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Just, you know, thinking about you know, the, the, they, the temptations that come parent. along with being a teenager and how you can shepherd them through all those different trials and temptations. And and so with that, do not be afraid to limit demon, uh, digital consumption. Yes. Listen, listen, it's okay if your child is 12 years old, like mine's about to be in this, and is begging for a device, it's okay to tell them no. Yeah. If your child and is don't feel guilty, you know, about I don't it. feel guilty a bit. Yeah. Um, if, if your teenager is 16 years old and begging for a device and you choose not to give your teenager a device, he'll be okay. Yeah. She'll be okay. It's okay to say no. It is more than okay to say no. In fact, oftentimes the right thing to do in this situation is to say no, because you are trying your best as a parent to guard their hearts. And if you allow your, uh, your, 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 um, teenager or your child to have a smart device, please, please, please do whatever you can to monitor what they're doing. Amen. Amen. It, 
no one in your home should have, no one, no one in your home should have unfiltered access Amen. to a device. Amen. Period. End of the discussion. I don't have unfiltered access to a device. Amen. We've talked Thank about you. that. My wife has complete reign over my phone and can pick it up anytime she wants. Exactly. Uh, same for me, for her. No one in your home should have, because that is just asking uh, to, to be in the danger zone because the temptation is there is. and, and we are fallen people and, and it could happen. And so, so just, you know, if you have a teenager who has that device, uh, look, it's on your terms as a parent, you've got to be willing to set those boundaries and help them. Listen, there are these danger zones and, and we just want to make you aware of them and help you think through them. And I know this might not have been the most, um, uplifting episode today, but sometimes you just need to talk about these things and, and ask God to help us to have wisdom and how to deal with these danger zones so that we can live in a digital world in a way that honors and pleases him. Amen. Well, pastor, close us out and get us ready for next week. Yeah, absolutely. I do hope this has been helpful for you. I hope we've given you some helpful information today to help you think through how to live in this digital world and how to avoid some of these dangers. If this has been helpful, leave us a five-star review. We appreciate that. That helps us get word out about our podcast. Also, if you don't mind, hit that subscribe button so you have new content delivered to your device every single week. And as always, we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.